Well, good morning again, everybody. I want to hear all of you at all of our campuses. Good morning again, everybody. I think I heard you all the way from Northfield. All right. I love it. Shockby, Northfield, Lakeville, we're together. It's Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Uh, it's been a glorious weekend in the greater Twin Cities area. How about yesterday's weather? Did we like that? And uh, Garth Brooks was in town. Anybody? I was there, believe it or not, okay, and uh, we, we had a, a good time uh, with Garth in town, and uh, it's just been a great weekend. My name is Ryan Alexander, and I serve as the lead pastor here, and we've been saying this for many, many years. It's one of our sayings. We believe the Lord led you here. Uh, just, just let that sink into your soul for a moment. You're in the right place. This very moment, you're right where you're supposed to be. Let that sink into your soul. Okay, now we're going to invite the ushers to come forward to receive our tithes and offerings. If this is your church home, um, then you give to Hosanna because that's what we do when we're part of a church home. And when you give to Hosanna, a couple things happen. One, uh, you help fuel the vision to multiply the hope and heartbeat of Jesus through irresistible love, generosity, and unity. That happens when you give. So thanks for that, for fueling the vision. And uh, when you give, you are declaring your freedom. Right? Because Jesus said you can't, you can't serve both God and money. you got to choose. And when you give uh, and tithe, you are declaring your freedom. Saying, I'm free. I am not a slave to money. So way to go. Way to boldly declare your freedom as you give uh, this morning. Everyone say, that's bold. That's bold. We're in a series called Living Bold. Living Bold. We kicked off the series last week. Our campus pastors gave great messages and they talked about having a bold heart. We have to have bold hearts in order to live bold lives. Right? And, and this series is so important because our mission statement, I mentioned our vision statement earlier, but our mission statement is to humbly and boldly be a church that looks more like Jesus. Humbly and boldly. I like how those two words go together, right? Humbly and boldly. Because if you're, if you're just bold without humility, what are you? You're obnoxious, right? <laughs> or something, right? We need, we need that. If you're just humble without boldness, you can be too passive, right? We need both humble and bold. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're leaning in. We're drilling into this, this word bold. Lots of people want to live bold. I, I would say most people, most of us, we want to live bold, don't we? We want to live bold lives, and lots of people are talking about uh, how to live bold lives. They're writing books, and, and they're putting on conferences, and they're making lots of money on this. But we as Christians, we make this bold, audacious claim that there's only one source of bold living. There's only one source, true source, of bold living. And, and it really is centered on this event that we celebrated a couple of weeks ago. Right? The, the, the event that happened 2,000 years ago, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because of the resurrection, we can know that, that, that there is a, a, a bold life for us, right? that, that because of the resurrection, we're invited into this resurrected, resurrection life, where, where we can know that, that there is a full life and a forever life, and it starts right now, and we can live boldly right now. Because of the resurrection, we can live like we got nothing to lose, nothing to lose, and everything to live for. Because of the resurrection. Because of the resurrection, we can stare anything that life, that life throws at us in the face. Any difficulty. Even death. Even death. And I just uh, heard from someone who's a, a member of this, this church community. 39 years old. Been battling cancer for 10 years. And she is ready to go home. And she told her doctors, I'm ready to go home. Because I know my Redeemer lives. She said. That's bold. Everyone say that's bold. That's bold. 
That is bold. Paul says it this way in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. He says this. So, because of the resurrection, in other words, that's what's implied there. Because of the resurrection. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. It's a really good verse for, for bold living because of the resurrection. So because of the resurrection, you can be strong and immovable. You can be immovable. You can live like nothing you ever do for the Lord is useless. That's living bold. Because of the resurrection, because of what Jesus has done in, in his death on the cross and in the resurrection, we can live bold lives. We, like we got nothing to lose and everything to live for. Including we can make bold decisions in life. Think about any decision in your life, really, just about any decision. There are a couple of options. One option as you stand at that crossroads is to take the safer route. You know, the obvious, right? The, the, one, the, the road more traveled. Maybe even the road that causes us to settle a little bit in that option, that, that road. Or then there's the other option, which is to take a risk, to, to step out, to be bold, to take the road less traveled, bold, bold decisions in life with Christ, in Christ, for Christ. I guess there's a third option, third option. Sometimes we take this one is to just not make a decision at all, right? To stand there, you know, perpetually and, and just kick the can down the road and, well, we'll make that decision someday, endlessly, you know, analysis paralysis. Anyone get analysis paralysis? <laughs> Usually happens to me at a restaurant when there are two things that I want to order, you know? I'm like, okay, come to me last. I'll say the server. And really, I'm just taking time to try to talk Jen into ordering the other thing so I can get both. Anyone else? Okay. But really, not making a decision, here's the thing, not making a decision is a decision. It's still a decision. I mean, you can endlessly put off decisions, but, but you're, in doing so, you're, you're, you're making a decision. Just you're defaulting to, you know, that, missing that opportunity or, or, the, or the time lost, right? Not making a decision is still a decision. At some point, we got to make a decision, but it's hard. These decisions are hard. Because there is a trade-off oftentimes. We, we use a leadership axiom uh, a lot here at Hosanna, and it is every, for every yes, there's a no. Every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. There's a trade-off. You say no to something, you're saying yes. You, you open up the possibility of saying yes to something else. And those, those decisions, those bold decisions can sometimes feel lonely in leadership or in life when we're, we're, we're standing out there on our own because no one else, including ourselves, sometimes wants to make that bolder decision. But when it comes to, to making decisions as people who are invited into this resurrection life, we can make bold decisions. It might be helpful to have a definition of a bold decision. And uh, here's one. I think this works. A bold decision is when we trust God more than anything else and choose God's will over everything else. Catch that. A bold decision is when we trust God, we step out and trust God more than anything else and choose God's will over everything else. And the source of this, this kind of bold living is that same source that I was talking about earlier, the, the source of the resurrection, the power of the resurrection, Jesus, what Jesus has accomplished in the resurrection, what God has accomplished through Jesus in the resurrection. 
And because of him, we can make bold decisions. And people have been making bold decisions because of the resurrection for 2,000 years, starting with the first person to make bold decisions based on the resurrection. The very first person was a woman named Mary, Mary Magdalene. Now, it's remarkable that the first person to make a bold decision based on the resurrection was a woman. Now, now not in the 21st century. We know that in the 21st century that women are powerful and they can make bold decisions, right? Amen, somebody? Okay. And next, next week, by the way, is Mother's Day. If you forgot, okay, there's your public service announcement. In case you were maybe going to forget, my, my wife maybe thought I was going to forget. She texted me what she wanted, a link to what she wanted for Mother's Day. <laughs> I, I texted her back and I said, I'll get you that if you work on Mother's Day. So she's going to be preaching and she's going to invite, she's going to invite three uh, women up here and they're going to share their stories of living bold, of, of how they have made bold decisions in their lives. It's going to be great. At Mother's Day, we celebrate moms and grandmas, but we, just, we also just celebrate women on Mother's Day. So it's going to be a special Weekend. So in the 21st century, it's not remarkable, but in the first century, first century, it's remarkable that the very first person to make a bold decision because of the resurrection is a, a woman named Mary. Let's, let's see uh, what she does here on that er- first Sunday morning. Verse one, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Everyone say that's bold. Oh, so bold. All the other disciples, they were, they were hiding out. They were hiding out behind locked doors. And here is Mary. My death's still in the air. I mean, Friday wasn't that long ago. And there was a sense that, that Jesus' followers could, could end up you know, facing the same fate on the cross. And there she is out at the tomb. Verse 2, she ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. That's John, the one who wrote the gospel, right? He knows his true identity. He's the one who Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Everyone say, that's bold. That's bold. As she, she sees this stone that's been rolled away and the body's missing. And, you know, if it was dangerous before, it's even more uncertain and mysterious and dangerous now. Who, who's taken? She thinks someone's taken the body. These people are, they're, they're up to no good. And she could have run away to hide with the rest, but she doesn't. She goes to find the rest to tell them what's going on. Now, eventually that, that first Easter morning, she runs into Jesus. She thinks he's the gardener at first because she wasn't expecting to see Jesus. And they have this exchange, and, and she says, you know, if you've taken his body, tell me where, and I'll go get his body. That's bold, right? I'll go, I'll go get his body and bring it back to the tomb. And Mary is so bold. She's, she's making one bold decision after another, but eventually she realizes it's Jesus. And she says, ah, oh, teacher, Rabboni, Rabbi, it's you. That changes everything. She is emboldened. She runs back in verse 18. says, Mary Magdalene found the disciple and told them, I have seen the Lord. And she gave them his message, the message she had given, he had given her. And then the next verse, you see that the disciples were meeting behind locked doors. So they weren't bold, but she was so bold leading up to the resurrection. And certainly after the resurrection, she's bold. And it's remarkable because, again, in the first century, a woman's testimony would not have been considered credible. She would have probably been written off as crazy, but she doesn't care because she knows, she knows that her Redeemer lives. 
and that she can make bold decisions in her, in her life because of that. Now imagine if she hadn't. Imagine if she hadn't made these bold decisions. Think about it. She is the one link, Mary, at, the, at that point in time, is the one link between resur- the resurrection, the event of the resurrection, and humanity. She is the one human link between a hopeless humanity and, and the possibility of a life lived with boldness because of the resurrection. She is the one link between life and, and death. She is you know, one decision away, less than bold decision away from not keeping that link going. We're here today because she made a bold decision in her life. She was a link. Which, by the way, with the bold decisions that, that God puts before us in our lives... It's often the case. Other people's lives are at stake. The, the bold decision, and we've, got an, we've got that crossroads again, the option, do we go this way, the road most traveled or the road less traveled? And, and people, maybe people we don't even know, maybe people generations from now, maybe people 2,000 years from now, that their, their lives are going to be impacted by a bold decision that we make empowered by the Holy Spirit and the hope of the resurrection, Jesus' presence in our lives. See it? Mary did. See, people like Mary know this. They know that their bold decisions aren't just about them. They're about other people that that God wants to impact through our lives that ripple out maybe for generations. People like the next, uh, the guest that I'm I'm gonna bring up here in, in a moment, a special guest that we have here this weekend. He knows that the bold decisions he makes affect thousands of people. In just a moment, I'm gonna, and, and beyond. And in just a moment, I'm gonna bring up my friend and our ministry partner, Pastor Julio Volsi from Haiti. Haiti is, is one of our focus fields for global impact partnerships at Hosanna. We have a number of, of direct relationships with ministries there, Healing Haiti, Haiti Teen Challenge, which Pastor Julio oversees. And, uh, and so we, um, we're just so blessed to be a part of those ministries. But when I started thinking about who would be a good person a good example of someone who has made one bold decision in his life after another uh, to, to come and share with us this weekend. I thought of, of Julio. And so would you join me in welcoming to the stage Pastor Julio Volsi. Good to see you. Good to see you. It's good that to know that uh, when you're thinking about good things, you think of a uh, a good-looking man just like you. So <laughs> it's good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that shirt too. Real men wear pink. I like that. I'm That's wearing good. this for my wife, so <laughs> I hope she's watching. Well, Pastor Julio, uh, it's good to be Last time you were with us was like 30 below. Sorry about that. Um, in November, I think that was around that time. Yeah, it um, was, yeah. It was, but I, I took charge though. So I prayed over the city and I blessed the city so we have better weather now. Oh, so thank, you. God. thank you. Thank you. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? All right. <laughs> Well, you're here. Your family's not here. I know your wife, Suzette, was here. Uh, can you just introduce us to your family? We have a picture. I think they'd love to, to meet your family. Uh, I'm a, one of the most blessed, lucky men on earth. So I have a beautiful family, uh, four children with my wife. Suzette and I, we've been uh, knowing each other now for 22 years and been married for 19 years. And uh, along the way, God gave us four beautiful children. Julian is the oldest, 16, Jaffe is uh, our second son, he's 13. Joy turned 11 yesterday. Uh, and, uh, and Jao, she's the newest one in our family. So we adopted this little girl four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And you and Suzette are ministry partners, I know, um, not unlike Jennifer and I, and I share the ministry together, and, uh, and she is uh, a very gifted, on-fire uh, pastor and leader as well. So, yeah. yeah. Well, probably that's why I feel very close with you, because just like you and Jen, yeah. Suzette and I have been doing ministry uh, for uh, a long time, and uh, it's a beautiful thing to yeah. see a, a couple doing ministry together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we're talking about making bold decisions and in the series called Living Bold, and uh, you are such a great example of that. And I, th- I thought it'd be helpful for everyone to hear a little bit about your childhood so they understand kind of where you're coming from, the context within you, you have made these bold decisions in your life. So tell us about your childhood. Uh, well, it's, it, was, it was tough uh, being me as a, as a kid. My parents had five of us, and they were married. And, of course, I'm from Haiti, and uh, when I was 12 years old, my dad walked away. He left home. And that case in, in a country like Haiti, especially around my years, when a dad walked away, he pretty much walked away with, with everything. Uh, but around the same year that he walked away, I, uh, uh, due to hardship, so there was a vacation Bible school going on in my community. So I went there so I could get a meal. And uh, so it was through that vacation Bible school at age 12, I made a bold decision I give my life to the Lord. So I accept Christ as my Lord and Savior when I was 12 years old. Yeah. And it was in that same year, I also made another bold decision because they didn't give me enough food at that vacation Bible school. So I said, you know what? When I grow up, I'm going to be rich and I'm going to do well vacation Bible school. I'm going to give well food. But, you know, I was a, a kid. So I, if it was now, I would say when I grow up, I would know people like you and people like those who are supporting my ministry, then I would do well vacation Bible school. But to make a long story short, so we have been doing Vacation Bible School in Haiti uh, for the last uh, 19 years. And Suzette and I, together, we reach over 45,000 kids to Vacation Bible School. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, one bold decision. The most important bold decision that we, we make in our lives to give our lives to Christ led to 45,000. I think you said the community you grew up in now... of them are believers because of that one bold decision that you made and how you've witnessed for Christ there. Yes, yes. Because uh, after I gave my life to Christ and growing up, and I went to evangelism training, was actually held by uh, the Billy Graham Association. So when I went back home after that, so I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to share the gospel. So I started having Bible studies and events in my community. So yes, now, uh, Everybody in my community, except one guy, I'm still after him, is my godfather. <laughs> and uh, so he hasn't given his life to Christ yet, but everyone else, uh, they have committed their lives to Christ. And it's a beautiful thing to know when you make a one bold decision and other people can follow. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, it's, it's a blessing. Well, and I know you, there was a special person in your life who made a bold decision to come to Haiti and uh, became your mentor eventually. And you just saw him a couple days ago, yes. right, in Michigan. Tell us about your mentor and, and how his bold decision impacted you. So, like I said, because my dad walked away, so pretty much I had no role model. It was very difficult for me to, I mean, growing up. And uh, so when I was about 16 years old, uh, a guy named Mark Wisma uh, from Michigan moved to Haiti to serve as a missionary. And I met him. He became part of my life. So he's the guy actually ended up lead, I mean, teaching me everything about character, integrity, what it means to be your brother's keeper, you know, my love for Christ and how to even, you know, I watch how he, you know, take care of his wife, you know, leading his family, uh, do, I mean, serving God. And so everything I'm doing now in life, I'm doing it based on what I've learned 
from Makwisma, and he has been in my life now for 28 years. Uh, unfortunately, in 2010, his wife passed away, so I was the one uh, pretty much uh, I preached at, at her uh, memorial service. And four years later, he got married, so I was the one who officiated his wedding. And he's the guy that I call anytime I have a question about life, especially questions about wife. Did I say wife? Yeah. So <laughs> anytime I have a why, question. Why don't you call me? <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, thinking about yeah, yeah, that. Keep going, keep going. I might even give you his name and his phone number. If you Thanks for coming up. It was great to have you. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, he's, uh, he made a bold statement. I mean, a bold decision. And then God, you know, uh, I met him. And, you know, my life just, uh, my life is the way it is. After my personal relationship with Christ, and like I, I always say that, you know, I have two people that, you know, really meant a lot to me. It's my wife first, of course. She's probably watching me now. Uh, but, but the second guy is Mark Wisma because uh, 28 years ago, I met him and my life changed forever. Yeah. Well, and you shared, you shared with me once before that his first wife shared with you before she died that even if you were the only reason yes. that they made that bold decision to move to Haiti, it was worth it. Yes. And I would say yes to that. And That's look why at she the said, impact. Yes. Well, yes. you made a bold decision eventually to leave your country of origin, Haiti, for a time. Tell us about that. That was a bold decision. Um, yes. Uh, you know, I mean, Haiti is a, it's a beautiful country. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, as you know, Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. The probably most, uh, the second most poorest country in the world. Uh, it's a country where any young men and young women, your heart desire is, you know what, what can I do to leave this country? So as a young man, it was also my vision to leave Haiti. And um, so I made a bold decision and I left Haiti and I moved the, to the United States of America, where people can live free, where people can live their American dreams. And it was a good move, to be honest with you. It was a good move. In the beginning, it was very difficult because I moved here in January 1999. I went to Boston. And uh, so I went to uh, uh, the dorm of my uh, college at that time. And so I made it here at, I mean, dark. It was a bit weird at dark, but when I woke up in the morning, I looked through the window. The whole outside was white. Yeah. And, and no one ever told me about snow. Yeah. Before, <laughs> so that was a bull. That was bull. That bold, was bull. That was bull. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you and you had um, just a very uh, fruitful ministry here, and and a good life, and then you made another bold decision to come to go back to Haiti, which uh, still blows me away when I think about that decision because most people don't go back like that. Yes, and it was not my intention to go back when I wanted to come here. However, when I went to the U.S. Embassy to apply for my uh, student visa, the, uh, the, the, the officer asked me, why do you want to go to the United States of America? And, uh, you know, in my mind, I wanted to say that I want to go because I want to be rich and live a good life. Uh, but, you know, I have to be, be nice. So I was nice to the visa officer. I said, you know what, I'm going because I want, pretty much the Lord put that in my heart. I want to go because I want to be trained so I could go back to my country. So because I made that statement, now remember my mentor, one thing he taught me, you have to be a man of your word. You have to, when you say something, you have to do it. So because I told that visa officer, I'm going to the, to the United States, I mean, to the state so I could learn uh, and, so, and go back to my country. So... While I was in the state, after she gave me that visa, 
So this become a, quite a heavy load. Yeah. I have to keep my word. Yeah. So when I moved here in America, and uh, even though I was living a, a good life, it was a beautiful life. I was living the American dream, pastored two great churches in America. You to Florida, so moved, that yeah, helps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, from, from Boston did it last because oh, yeah. of the snow. I only spent one semester there. And then I moved to, then I moved to Georgia. Yeah, yeah. And life was okay. Then I moved to Florida where well people live because there's no snow in Florida. Mm-hmm. And, and so there I, you know, ended up pastoring two churches there. Uh, God was, you know, really blessed us. We have a great home, a nice home, a nice church. Uh, my kids were going to a great, you know, Christian school. My wife even bought me my dream car, things you cannot do in Haiti. She, drove, she bought me a very nice car. But she, she, actually, she did that because she wanted to keep me in the U.S. Uh, <laughs> so she was helping me live in the American dream, but God kept calling me to go back home because that's where he wants me uh, to do ministry. Now, I learned, I learned one thing in life that the safest place or the best place on earth is when you are in the will of God. So mm-hmm. that's why he was keep knocking in my heart that Haiti should be the place. Yeah. And then we made the move. We moved to Haiti in 2014. And uh, so, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, I admire you so much for that because it is such a bold, it was a bold decision to leave Haiti, a bold decision to come back and serve. And I know having visited you there, um, you, have, you have a wonderful um, life there too, but it is very different and, uh, and it's challenging and, uh, and you can't take certain things for granted like we do, like clean water and electricity. And you know, as we were sitting in your kitchen that night and electricity went off and you said, welcome to Haiti. It's just, I mean, it happens all the time, right? Yes, uh, yes. So you, you really gave up a lot. Well, you've made, one bold decision after another since you moved back to Haiti, but tell us about one and a big bold decision that you made with, with Rendezvous and that, starting that church. Um, we, you know, we have a Haiti Teen Challenge, a program where we take troubled young men, young women, and so we just, you know, immerse them in the things of God and uh, discipleship program and teach them about Christ. So when those guys end uh, giving their life to Christ, so one thing we ask them, they have to go back to the community and get involved in the communities. So going back to the communities, the local church was not, not willing to accept them because some of them, they, had, uh, t- they have tattoos, piercing. Uh, they don't have their, pant- their shirt inside their pants. They're wearing jeans. Uh, and so they were not, they, they were not welcome. <laughs> they were not welcome because uh, in Haiti, the local church is very traditional. And unfortunately, the culture, it's taken away from the gospel. So the culture is more important to the local church than even the gospel. So then we find ourselves, you know what, we have to do something to meet this problem. So three years ago, uh, the group of those young men that the local church was rejecting due to their past, we said, we're going to have a church. And we started, uh, I mean, we planted a church. Uh, today, I am, I am here to report that uh, within three years, this church have grown 2,000 people. We are now in two locations and three services. Today, I watched two of our services before I came here uh, to share. And yeah, there's a picture here uh, on the screen. So the Lord really blessed this ministry because we accept to take those that have been rejected by the local church to do a church where everyone is welcome. Amen. Sounds like Jesus to me. Sounds like the body of Christ to me. Yes, yes, yes. 
And I've been there, and it is amazing. It is an amazing church, uh, and there's so much life there and energy and people coming to church that wouldn't otherwise be coming to church because they don't have their shirts tucked in or whatever um, because they're welcome, and it's you know, come as you are, and, and it's amazing. Uh, when I was there, um, you talk about a bold decision. You asked me to preach. And that yeah. was that was bold. You remember that what happened that day, huh? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, it was a very difficult day. Haiti was on, you know, the country was pretty much closed down for twelve days, and it was very dangerous. Because I want to of let civil you know, unrest, because civil unrest, some, yeah, and So we were probably the only church open our doors that day, and so I knew there's a possibility I might get killed in the process. So I don't want to die by myself. So I invite him to preach for me. <laughs> <laughs> so we could so we could go to heaven together. Yeah. Yeah. You see how much I, I love my, this guy. I know my redeemer lives. <laughs> I know uh, my redeemer lives. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was powerful. And it was a bold decision even to be open. I don't think I realized at the time, but just to be open as a church that day, we were saying we're not going to let fear no. close the church down. So credit to you for that. Um, would you, I, I just have had on my heart because you are, are um, such a great example of what we're talking about today. You carry an anointing because of what you've experienced Amen. and how you've lived it out, an authority. Uh, would you share just a word with our, um, with our flock here about li- living bold and making bold decisions in life? Just speak into us right now. We're ready. You know, uh, when, uh, after I gave my life to Christ and met my mentor, so I learned, you know, certain things in life. Uh, but one thing that I've learned that uh, in the Bible, actually, in, in Matthew 19, 26, it says that uh, all things is possible with God. Because there was a man uh, who was dealing with, because of his position in society, he has so much wealth. And he thought that it was pretty much almost impossible for him to become a believer. But Jesus said, you know what? God's going to cover that. I'm going to die for you too. And it's up to you. If you accept me, you know, all things possible with God. Now, that means... That made sense to me because, above all, God, all things possible with him. But I also learned that uh, I was about probably like 16, 17 years old in Mark 9, 23. All things possible to whom who believes. Whoever believes, all things is possible. Because there was a man at that time. His son was struggling with the disease. And so what he did, he brought his son to the disciples. Hoping that because they have something in them, they met Christ, they are walking with Christ, they can do something for, for his son. But the disciples, the Bible said, the disciples, they were having a discussion. They were talking. Maybe they were trying to understand God. Because one thing that we see people do sometimes, they're trying to understand God. But I learned quickly that people who make, who make uh, bold decisions are people who choose to understand God instead of, I mean, who choose to know God instead of understand God. Let me say that again. You will not be able to make bold decisions if you're trying to understand God. You can only make bold decisions if you're trying to know God. And so Jesus came to to this young boy and he healed that young boy and he told the disciples, you know what? Everything is possible to whom who believes. So you will never do impossible things if you don't believe. So I would say that the the first decision that you need to make in life is you need to believe God fully. If he said to move, you need to move. If you said to go left, you need to go right left. If you said to go right, you need to go right. You know why? Because just like that man, there are people who are suffering in their marriage, in their finances, in their families, and their spiritual life, but they're waiting on you and I to make a bold decision. And that bold decision is we have to believe. Amen. 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 Can somebody say amen with that? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Julian. So good. Love you, man. Love yeah. you, too. It's like, go bold or go home, right? 
I mean, that's kind of what I'm hearing as Julio left the stage, just go bold, you know, believe. And it starts with believing or that word, that Greek word is trust, trust him. Remember the definition of bold decision to, to trust God more than anything else and to, to choose his will, to decide that you're gonna go his way more, more than anything else in life. It is uh, it's so inspiring to hear a story like Pastor Julio's. And, and yet I get, I'm guessing some of you are thinking, well, if that's the example, if that's the bar, if that's what it means to make bold decisions and live a bold life, then I'm out. Because that's like, whoa, leaving Haiti, going back to Haiti. And that's just so far off for me, you're thinking. And I would offer a different perspective. I would offer the perspective that if he, if Pastor Julio can make those bold decisions in his life, what can't we do? with, the, with the, the, the help of, of the Holy Spirit and, and the power of the resurrection, the hope of the resurrection. What can't we do? That's how I hope you hear this story today. It's not, oh, I could never live up to that. But it's like, whoa, he made some, what can't I do in my life then? That's how I'm thinking about it. Because we have the same source of boldness, the basis of our boldness that Mary had, that Pastor Julio has, that his mentor had. We have the same source, the resurrection, the free gift of of God's grace and and his presence in our lives. Poured out, made possible 2,000 years ago in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. We too can live like we have nothing to lose and everything to live for. We we too can stare whatever is coming at us in the face and, and live bold. We can, we can step out and, and trust God more than anything else and choose his will, his way above everything else. We too can. And, and here's the thing, there are people who are waiting for us to make those bold choices. It's about our lives, but it's about other people's lives. And what I was on my heart, people, is that we have one life to live. We've got one legacy to leave. And we have opportunities with these bold decisions to be a link for folks between you know, hopelessness and the possibility of a life filled with boldness. We can be the link empowered by the gospel, you know, the death and resurrection of Jesus, free gift, young and old, rich and poor, wherever you're coming from, whatever your background, all we have to do is say yes to any gift. You just... You say yes to this gift. And the presence of God working in our lives, doing in us and for us and through us what we could never do on our own. It's possible. Nothing is impossible with God. And so I wanna close my time with you just by praying that the Holy Spirit would come and and fill you and reveal things to you and, and show you those decisions, that crossroads that you're standing at this way or this way or maybe that, you know, endless indecision. What is it? Big and small. We too can be people who live bold, who make bold decisions for Christ in Christ. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your boldness for sending your son, Jesus, God. Jesus, we thank you for your boldness going to the cross, the the resurrection. We thank you for people like Mary who have served as a link for us for 2,000 years. People have made bold decisions. We wanna be a part of the link. 
Lord, I, I sense there are, there are bold decisions in front of every person in this room. You know what they are specifically. I, I, I sense that there are some who have bold decisions to make about work. Maybe it is where you work. Maybe it is how you work. How you live out your faith. Maybe I sense and hear that there are some who need, need to make bold decisions about relationships. Maybe some you need to say no to so that, so that you aren't so distracted and preoccupied and pulled down so that you can live bold. Humbly and boldly look more like Jesus. Or maybe it's something to say yes to in a relationship. Reconciliation. It's time. We only have one life to live. There's a bold decision in this room about where to live. Lord, there are lots of bold decisions. And we thank you, God, that you are the basis of our boldness. That the res- in the hope of the resurrection, we know who our Redeemer lives. We got nothing to lose. Everything, everything to live for. And I know that, that you bless our boldness, God, when we step out and trust you above all else and put your will above all else. Help us to do that now, Lord. As we enter into this time of communion where we remember your bold love for us. Thank you, Jesus. Make us bold. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen.